0: Welcome back to the podcast. This is seasonal and fun. Twenty twenty one, episode one. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. It's spring finally. We are. It uh, might be full spring. We might have a second winter coming at us, but I'm pumped right now. It's maple sap season. Where uh, we've got the trees tapped in our backyard sugar bush, and people are tapping all over the place. Hopefully you. Ha- hopefully you have some maple trees nearby that you can either tap yourself or go help someone tap it's just an awesome awesome routine uh ritual every year for spring kind of the rebirth of the uh the earth us our spirits here in the midwest in the winter um i love winter it can be a lot of fun but i definitely uh i get squirrely and ready for spring this time of the year so for me uh Tapping maple trees, collecting the sap, and going through that whole ritual is a lot of fun. And I love maple syrup. Just the, the taste, the character, the nuance, the difference from soil to soil, uh, region to region here in Wisconsin is awesome. So I love to take advantage of that. I hope you do as well. And this season, this, this uh, 2021 seasonal AF is going to be covering a lot of different topics Starting here with SAP with my uh, good friends Cat and Jeremy, Cat from Cattail Organics over in Athens, Wisconsin, and Jeremy of Tapped Maple Syrup, one of the co-owners, uh, right here in Stevens Point with their sugar bush being up by Antigo. So we dive a lot into kind of their land, their land ethic, how they view um, maple trees and the collecting of sap and sir and the processing of syrup into their their businesses their family and their lives and i i really enjoy it it's a good time i enjoy their perspective it's a good good start here to the season and we'll be we'll be diving into farming foraging csa's uh, turkey hunting is coming up i'm pumped getting some new people out in the woods hearing their story and how we all can get uh, more connected to the land and this place. So excited to share that all with you as we go through the seasons here and yeah, it's going to be a good time. Exciting. So thanks for listening. Please share, please support these awesome local businesses and yeah, get outside, enjoy Wisconsin. The podcast is sponsored by Schulze family beef right here in Humbird, Wisconsin. They're uh For all the meal delivery services you're seeing, I know they're pretty big, especially in the health and fitness thing right now. Uh, You should really be checking them out. Pasture Raised Wisconsin Beef shipped right to your door. There's a monthly box. There's specialty boxes. There's uh, made-to-order, so just call them, and uh, the Schulze family will take care of you. So they're a big-time sponsor of the podcast. We appreciate them, and please support, support them. And support your local, uh, your local meat farmers. They're awesome. Love their products. Can't. If we're having beef that's not from a Stevens Point farmer, it is Schultzy beef. So shout out to them. We're also sponsored by our patrons on Patreon. The weekly blogs, the podcasts, the videos. It's all archived there uh, for people to dive back into previous seasons. And we appreciate their support and all of my musings workouts that kind of thing as we go through the season it's all on patreon if you want to get more access to that so appreciate everyone that supported us on there and uh yeah we're going to keep things rolling stay tuned for a bha podcast so if you're into the hunting angling and public lands thing there's going to be more coming down the pipeline with that excited to accept that board position and get that rolling so yeah appreciate your support on the on the show The first first episode of the season, and we've got we've got Kat Becker out in Athens, Wisconsin. She's got the rural internet connection, so there might be some delay, some in and out. But we're gonna we're gonna push through. We're gonna persevere. We've got Jeremy Solon, Pat uh, maple syrup right here, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Or are you in the sugar bush right now?
1: Oh, I wish I were in the sugar bush. <laughs> I'm sitting in my house.
2: But
0: good. <laughs> there you go. So, I love. Of, of all the seasonal books I read every year, I love the ones that start with spring. So like if we could just change the calendar year to start with spring, I would be a, I'd be a fan. I'd sign off on that. So here we are spring, <laughs> nothing more exciting than uh, sap season. So I got two of my two friends that are passionate about sap, passionate about spring, the land, all those good things. So here we are rocking and rolling wants to go first just a quick uh who you are just for everybody that may have not listened to previous podcasts or know who you are
1: wants to jump first Cat, okay catch you go, go first otherwise otherwise she'll interrupt me
2: <laughs> I'm, I'll have a great I know like 20 seconds in you'll start talking and then I've interrupted <laughs> you um so I am Kat Becker I have Cattail Organics in Athens, Wisconsin. And and, um, my farm is a 50 acre plot of land. About 50% of it is woods and the other 50% is open farmland and brush. And um, we have about 20 acres of land in Maple Woods. Although we have only this year, we're going to tap the most trees that we've tapped since I moved to this farm in 2017. And so that's going to be about like 260, 270, um, which is probably a third of our trees. Um, and we produce maple syrup, but most of our income for our family comes from vegetables. So maple syrup, is something that we're developing more, it's one of the few areas of growth on the farm, everything else, we're just kind of trying to keep at the scale it's at. But Uh, Other than that, uniquely, our maple syrup is certified organic. I can talk about what that means, which it means nothing in certain ways, but something in other ways, depending on what sap you're comparing it to. So there's that.
1: I like it. I like it. That'll be a good topic. We should talk about the organic certification. That'll be good. Um, I'm Jeremy Solon, co-owner of Tapped Maple Syrup. We make uh, maple syrup on um, land North of Anigo, where my family's been for just over a hundred years, and uh, Tap Maple Syrup focuses on uh, infused, barrel-aged, and pure maple syrup. Um, do a do a lot of playing around with maple syrup and doing some crazy stuff, and lots of uh, collaboration um, making making uh, fun syrup. So, um, yeah, super excited for this time of year. We're, you know, we I actually used up the last of 2020 maple syrup today like it's it's done and uh we need we need the trees to run now
0: (laughs) there's there's nothing like uh driving business than when you run out of run out of inventory yeah exactly (laughs) and you're you're at the whims of
1: nature completely (laughs) like like all farming uh that's true but it seems like particular maple syrup i mean you can have a you can have a fantastic year or you can have a nothing year and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you, yeah. you can't irrigate. You can't, you know, none of those things, but cat deals with it. that all year round, though. She gets I, it. I only have to deal with it in the spring.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so maple
2: syrup is particularly bad though.
0: So. <laughs> I like it. Uh, thank you for sharing all that. So Part of the seasonal and fun tour is exactly that. Learning more about regional, sustainable, regenerative foods here in Wisconsin or maybe the Midwest in a larger, larger picture, just, uh, and then bringing it into kind of the health and fitness sphere, because I see a lot of, um, great things in health and fitness wellness, but a lot of it's kind of fragmented or it's grab from somewhere off in the distance, um, the whole, like grass is greener on the other side thing happens a lot. And I want to kind of paint a bigger picture of what's going on in here in Wisconsin and where all of these things kind of play a part in the ecosystem in the economy. And then also obviously, um, uh, I love sampling all of Jeremy's concoctions with maple syrup. So that's also why we're here. So, that's right. uh, I guess with that, where where do we want to start? Do we want to start kind of environmentally? What's going on with maple trees, maple sap, and then we can touch on environmentalism and more more economics from there. I guess, or I should say, we should then go to economics. That's what I meant to say. Sounds good. Sweet.
1: I so I can uh, I mean I can kick things off just because this is what's in the the top of my mind. Um, you know, true the maple maple syrup or maple sap runs, uh, what we call runs, flows out of the trees for a pretty short amount of time in the, in the spring. You basically need uh, freezing temperatures at night, uh, temperatures above freezing during the day, like that fluctuation 25 to, you know, 40, uh, 45 is kind of ideal conditions. And as we were saying before, that uh, season you know varies every year uh, depending on the weather but the you know interesting thing that's happened during the course of my life um, growing up uh, on that land and tapping trees from essentially time I can remember is that the season has shifted uh, by at least three weeks already Um, and I'm not not that old I mean I'm a a, a little (laughs) older but um, you know my pretty much every year my dad says uh, you know uh, we, we might want to think about tapping now, but it's not April 1st. And we always tap around April 1st. And I'm like, dad, we haven't tapped around April 1st for (laughs) a long time. We used to do that. Uh, but it's been a long time. Now we're, you know, we'll, we'll be tapping this weekend. Um, and that's essentially where we've been for the last five, five plus years, probably going on eight years now, uh, early March instead of, uh, late March, early April. So the season, the season has shifted a lot. Fortunately for us, it hasn't shortened, you know, it's still the same length that just happens earlier in the year. Um, mm. so that's the, you know, direct impact of, uh, of a shifting climate, um, you know, in a, in a way that we can see it very, very easily.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cat, what about you? What I know you, the, just read your post, you missed, there was one season you missed sapping. Uh, so how many, how many has it been total?
2: season that I was directly involved was 2005 and then I moved to Athens in 2006. So it's been like 15 years. I'm creepily in my car now. So they get to see <laughs> my darks. Um, yeah, so I missed 2007. And my farm transition, even though I had a beautiful maple, um, and that was really interesting because on my old farm, um, we worked along with my now ex father in law. But there was about two thousand trees, and lots of neighbors bringing in sap, and um, it was like a good old boys kind of feel to the sugar shack. So, like, not the probably the best place for me as an individual. Um, and our maple syrup shack now is kind of. I'd say uh, old style, small flat pan, all wood, no RO. You know, we're kind of at this uh, tiny scale and we are going to be investing in like a more reasonable shack in the next couple of years with a lot of the upgrades um, that you have to make if you're going to go beyond a certain scale just based on what the state of Wisconsin wants. Um, But it's really nice now. We, We were talking about how much we're, gonna kind of be sad to have a real shack because um, we have more lean to style and we can like watch the snow fall and we're out in the woods and it's it's like a different feel than thing boiling down. And that's something that's kind of really nice at this point. Um, it only takes us a couple hours to collect even with small children. So that's kind of our, I guess Jeremy and I are probably both really unusual though because we he uses buckets and we, we use bags and buckets And a lot of producers use maple syrup, they use lines or pressurized lines. So you have maybe not a representative sample, um, but there's some really nice reasons to keep the woods full of lines, especially if you like the woods at other times of year. So um, there's that too. But yeah, I've been doing it for about 15 years, I guess. Feels like it's gone by pretty fast.
0: Nice, I like it. And just for perspective for people listening, I have, five maple taps in my backyard <laughs> so <laughs> perfect so uh, all red maples um i really want to touch on the the importance of this year just like backyard perennial food systems i think a lot of people get they see the the big the big um setups for the ones that have been around for you know decades in jeremy's case they've been there for over 100 years um just the importance each of us can take kind of doing this in the backyard, if we can. I know I've got a friend down in Stoughton. She has one uh, Norway maple, I believe it is. Is that a... Is that yeah. a, maple? That's a yeah, that's she's, a maple, yeah. She's got one of those and she does a tap every year in this tree. Um, but it's things like that. She gets, uh, I think, two pints-ish usually a year. <laughs> um, but it's something we could all do that's going to kind of lessen our dependence on big egg or kind of this industrial food system that we've got going on in the country. So just, uh, just adding that little, little snippet that it's, it's doable in the backyard. It's a lot of fun. Like they're both saying we enjoy it for sure. And I just love maple syrup.
1: Yeah. And the, I mean, like the great thing about maple syrup season two is, I mean, a couple of things, but one, the the main thing that I love about is you're, in the in the woods or in your yard uh, basically um through this amazing transition like from you know full dormancy in the forest or you know your trees are completely shut down uh in the and in the course of a few weeks they're full of life so you you basically get to see that whole transition and a lot of times that goes by so fast that you don't really pay attention but maple syrup season and the running of sap kind of makes you pay attention and uh, connects you to that amazing process and so when you start you know there's snow on the ground and by the time you're done there are flowers blooming and migratory birds are back and chipmunks are awake and all that stuff happens kind of you know right uh, right in front of you which is uh the beautiful thing about this time of year
0: definitely love it Can't, there's I, I have no idea i'm terrible my friend kelly's gonna be mad at me i'm not a i'm not a bird nerd like jeremy or my friend kelly but there's all these like little birds and trees I can't really see, but they're super loud right now. Uh, Jeremy, with that in-depth description, would you be able to help a guy out? <laughs> yeah, the really little ones that are loud. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: chickadees, chickadees, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe, was, maybe I was, I they're was, maybe they're just fired up right now. Yeah, that's, that shows you the, the that shows you the uh, in-depth knowledge I have of anything that's not a game bird. Useless. Well, that's, I'm that's working a, at it. I'm getting better.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's uh chickadee kind of um nest or not nesting, but courting season. Mm. So they're they're singing a lot more right now and pretty active and get pretty excited when the sun's out. So that's
0: that's definitely could, what it is. Could be them. Yeah. Or crows.
2: Oh, no, yeah, crows. The, the crows,
0: the crows are definitely out because those are those are big enough that even I can see, and my my dogs are absolutely just they're they're ready to riot with the crow activity over our house. There's for them, there's no reason a bird should be flying over our house repeatedly. So,
1: yeah,
0: the dogs the dogs get angry and just they're on patrol in the yard. Yeah, the crows come this- through.
1: I don't want to take us too far afield here, but when, when you said that the crows are out, it uh, made me remember that um, there was a time where um, I would say people from Western society didn't uh, understand what happened to animals in the winter, like birds, and they actually thought that they slept under the snow. And so, like, saying the, the crows are awake right now or, or here, like, makes me think of that. Like, can you, like, that's a crazy idea that, like, <laughs> birds couldn't have been strong enough or smart enough to figure out to go south. They had yep. to just, like, figure out how to bury themselves in the snow because we couldn't see them.
0: Well, and, I mean, <laughs> in there, maybe they just were going off of grouse and, like, when grouse grow in <laughs> yep. the snow, right? Like, there's that one one instance where they... The grouse actually does and then <laughs> yeah. just applied it to everything else right i like it amazing.
2: all
0: right <laughs> Kat, are you are you good you situated in the vehicle
2: yeah i'm good i just said that's amazing that's it my just delayed slow comment to the conversation. oh there you go
0: <laughs> i like it what so you've both jeremy's been doing this a while cat you've been doing it for a while where I think we touched on it a little bit, but where does it kind of fit in with, within the family dynamic? What, what What's the significance it plays in each of your uh, families and or your business?
2: I think Jeremy has like a more compelling multi-generational story, so I'll be brief, um, but Um, although, you know, based on the foraging and everyone can be part of maple syrup, right? not grow. I grew up in New York city, so not tapping any trees, um, but definitely eating some maple syrup. And I do want to mention that I do think that North central Wisconsin has a better terroir or flavor than the Northeast. I think it's pretty easy to like actually test that. It's a little it's a little vanilla ear around here, smoother, less sharp. Um, I think there's also a lot less low grade syrup mixed in. (laughs) I think the Northeast has this other dynamic um, just in terms of production and branding. But um, aside from that, you know, for our family, we do maple syrup and we start up our greenhouse pretty much at the same time every year. And so it's this like super ritual into spring, you know, like we're, just tapping trees like Jeremy kind of mentioned, we're watching spring kind of unfold, and the same thing is happening in our greenhouse. You know, we're watching seeds, we plant a lot of onions, and then we plant a lot of microgreens for ourselves at the same time of year. So, we're kind of starting to get the first ta- tastes of syrup and the first green things all at the same time. Um, and it fits really nicely. And with our season, it's kind of the preseason game before we're doing work in the fields or even in our hoop houses. Um, and then in terms of our family, I mean, I think I just kind of.
0: Oh, you broke up cat.
2: Summarize The scale that we're at, but we last year produced about 40 gallons of maple syrup off of oh, just under 200 oh no am i bad it got,
0: i got it move. got a little it got a little can spotty there it got a little spotty
2: i'll make my video go away is that better
1: yeah i think so yeah
2: okay i'll be i'll i'll try you can edit it and make it sound but you know kind of the <laughs> greenhouse season in our app. can you hear me okay yep and um, that kind of ushers us into the spring. And then at a family level, you know, we produced last year about 40 gallons of maple syrup. I think we'll probably end up tapping, you know, tapping out like scaling out at probably around 75. And our focus um, has always been on having syrup for our CSA and doing a little bit of market sales. Um, And we haven't really focused on the retail side of things. And that is something we might develop with our neighbors. My wonderful employee is starting her own farm that touches our farm and what connects us is Maplewoods. And so we've talked about the potential of tapping together Um, but we have it integrated pretty much into our CSA and direct marketing outlets. So that's how it fits into our farm. Um, but it's a really like beautiful season. I think Jeremy said it. It's so nice to be in the woods. It's everything coming alive. And so I think, you know, we're trying to create more opportunities to do more maple syrup because it's such a nice time of year when we're not doing other things. And the pace for us at least is not super intense. And so that's another thing. Um, And we like it that way because then like our kids don't find it alienating. (laughs) So it's kind of a fun family activity versus like grueling labor which vegetable farming can be
1: yeah i like it's it. great cut yeah yeah for us i mean similar um in a, in a lot of ways so uh as i mentioned you know I, I grew up making syrup and some of my earliest memories are hanging out in the woods with my dad and uncle um tapping trees and cooking syrup and and all of that and um you know that's an experience i wanted to have uh, for our kids as well, and we're lucky to be able to do that. the The thing that really drove the creation of Tapped as a business is trying to figure out what happens to the land uh, in you know my generation and kids' generation after my dad is gone, um, which is a you know huge issue ac- across the country and and beyond uh, in agriculture. Um, trying to figure out how you do this land transition in a way that makes sense Um, and making sure it doesn't get gobbled up into the industrial commodity agricultural world. I think uh, Wendell Berry, uh, paraphrase him, but basically said, um, if you can't figure out a use for your land it's going to get determined for you basically right if you can't figure out a way to make a living off your land it's going to get gobbled up by someone else's uh, interests probably aren't yours um, and so that that idea is what's driven us to figure that figure this out uh, from a business standpoint of how can we generate some revenue off that land allows us to keep it in the family and keep taking care of it um, and then how do we you know kind of expand that out to other uh, small maple syrup producers as well um so that you know like i said it has driven kind of how we've approached that and the the thing that we've been incredibly fortunate about is that my dad and mom are still involved on the land uh our kids uh and and we get to be out there working with them um and you know it's anybody who's done you know physical labor um knows that there's a, di- there's a different connection that happens when you're working together than necessarily when you're even just recreating together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, I really value that and, and that's really good for our, for our kids and, um, just a, you know, fun part of, of that experience. And, uh, we're, you know, trying to be at a scale that, that continues to make sense that like Kat referenced, that it's not just some intense, you know, work all the time that, uh, our kids get to enjoy the time uh, in the woods and, and being with, with my parents and then everybody else that comes out in the woods with us.
0: I like it. You, the, you both mentioned kind of the the ritual aspect of the, the event spring of sap running, which I completely agree with. I, um, as someone who enjoys the outdoors, like being in the woods right now in spring is just absolutely fantastic. I love it. Every, every moment of it from the, the from the sky the the chickadees making their racket in the trees and the trees starting to bud within the trees themselves we've got the sap and then the ground like the snow is vanishing and more and more of the earth is kind of revealing itself taking that idea of ritual uh, and then you know you both mentioned it your families i love that too just the work uh, the the knowing your land and like i said earlier this, this could just be in your backyard right like a family you've got a couple taps in your yard just the work involved there the ritual of it working together cooking the sap into syrup figuring out you know what size what, what kind of jars you're going to put it in um, I always love that like just all the different varieties of jars you can have for syrup and what people select and why so there's the ritual of food um, I want to I wanna keep diving into that kind of with the, the educational piece you both have I loved taps you're inviting people out into the sugar bush cat pre COVID you know you're you're at all different events teaching people like what to buy how to buy how to cook um, you've you've come onto the seasonal AF meal prep series and everybody loved it like they love your energy they love what you're teaching how you're teaching um, can each of you kind of talk about that more the the educational part of the ritual, as well as what you're doing.
2: Sure, I'm just taking my turn, Jeremy. If you want to interrupt, perfect, me, you can. go for it. Um, so for maple syrup, I mean, it's interesting you bring this up because part of our, uh, you know, long term—I shouldn't say long term. By long term, I mean like three-year plan to put in a better shack. Part of it is about how we set up the woods to make it more accessible. Um, to bringing people out because I have to say one of the things that I love the most about the woods that we have and even the way it was used before when I tapped it with you know my ex-husband's family um, because we use the same woods that we use now as like an addition is there's something about the way that our land is laid out it's kind of this big it's a square that means that you have people kind of working in every corner at the same time it's this really like beautiful rhythm of how sap gets collected um, and the layout of the woods really determines how it gets collected. And so our woods always had these kind of small teams of people kind of working in different corners and then coming together at the center. Um, And I love that. And our neighbors who have Red Door Family Farm, they always bring their girls out and we all collect sap together. Um, But the idea of having more people participate in that is something that I want. Um, And definitely in post COVID times, that becomes more accessible. I mean, the other thing about maple syrup, and I'm sure Jeremy will touch on this, is like, you know, it is sugar, you know, it's incredibly good. Um, From a, you know, mammal perspective, we're drawn to it in this really intense way. Um, But it also is this way that we get to, I mean, you know, sugar is kind of the devil, everyone loves talking about that, you know. (laughs) Um, But maple syrup, you you know, you're making it yourself, and you get to indulge in it in these ways that's just like beautiful and seasonal as well. Um, And so, you know, that's something I'm excited to share with people and definitely with our family where we are drinking cold sap. And then, you know, we're drinking kind of part boiled down sap. And then you get to the, I don't know if Jeremy does this with his family, but the sugar on snow kind of pouring out, you know, maple syrup Mm -hmm. onto snow and rolling it up or making snow cones. I mean, all of that, I think is like, part of the richness of local food and celebrating what, you know, actually eating things right from the earth. And that's one of the things about maple syrup that I love the most. I mean, I will tell you, I don't have a sweet tooth, which I know a lot of people do not identify with, um, but I still love maple syrup. I'm more of like a kimchi kind of a person. I could eat like a gallon of kimchi, but I love maple syrup because of all of those rituals and pies to the land and the fact that it changes flavor throughout the season and you can taste those differences. I mean, I think, you know, as humans, we clearly have had these experiences with food over time, but being able to share that with people is something really wonderful. And up until this point, we've really shared it mostly with family and friends. And I think the idea of expanding it, um, especially to people's backyards, like a lot of people in Wisconsin have like turkey burners for deep frying fish. Like you can use those simple propane burners to cook outside. I mean, you can use wood fire. There's all types of things you can use, but it's pretty easy given how much people love to cook outside in the winter in Wisconsin to adapt that system to maple syrup. So there's my, uh, my food celebration related spiel that I, you know, I love talking about vegetables with people, which people are less attracted to than maple syrup. Um, but maple syrup is a super beautiful food for so many reasons
1: i love it that's perfect i uh yeah i i don't have much to add to that the the one the one piece i will add a little bit uh different layer of this maybe um you know give a shout out to jerry john drew uh for this so jerry's uh um tribal member up in in uh, Michigan on, on Lake Superior and I got to meet him uh, a little over a year ago and one of the things that's that's always been um, kind of interesting for me is this this idea of like how do you how, how do you become native to a place and how do you you know like fully fit into uh, natural systems and obviously we have uh, great examples of that in uh, the tribal nations in the in the upper Midwest, who you know are are obviously fully native to this place. Um, and so every time I get a chance to talk with folks like Jerry, I, I kind of ask that question of like, what is it, what is the, what does the process look like for me as a white person who's you know we think of as been here for a long time, hundred years, uh, which is nothing. Um, what does that look like for me to? you know, become native to this place in, in a way that's not, um, you know, about taking from uh, indigenous culture here, but it's, you know, trying to, trying to fit in. And uh, what Jerry said, I, I mean, just really appreciate it, which is basically like you, I mean, you just do it, <laughs> you work at it. Uh, and a big part of that is the ritual and story that you tell. And that doesn't have to be you know, borrowed from anybody else. You just do what comes from, from your heart and what makes sense uh, related to your connection to that place. And so we, um, we try to build that in, in in a way that makes sense um, as part of this, this process and, you know, other things that we do. Um, but it's most apparent to us at the beginning of tapping season, right? It's, a, it's this big celebration. We're back in the woods. Um, and, you know, fortunately... Last year we tapped just before kind of all the COVID uh, restrictions got put in place, and we had a few people out. And this year we are going to have uh, small groups out again, um, in you know a way that's going to be safe for all of us. But we're excited to be able to share that again, you know, basically from the from a real ritual standpoint, and people can kind of connect to that. However, it makes makes sense to them. Um, but it is it is uh, a, a critically important. Part to us uh, living living well in this place for sure.
0: Love it. Um, the so the seasonal the seasonal and fun idea is uh, centered exactly around that. Um, bringing it back to the health, fitness, wellness world, and what Cat was talking about, even with sugar, and what Jeremy is talking about with how do you become native to a place? Um, we've become. And by we in the health, fitness, wellness sphere, um, dietary guidelines, it's always we compartmentalize everything. And it's broken into these tiny little things. And you learn you'll have an entire textbook devoted to metabolic pathways and calories. And, but no one actually like knows how to live with the land, off the land, from the land where they live. Right. Like it's the diet is the med- Mediterranean diet. It's the uh, what is it? The blue, the blue region studies, and all this other stuff that gets mentioned, and all the Netflix documentaries about let's let's juice our food and throw half half of it away because we're just going to drink the juice because that's healthy, or something that's grown halfway around the world. It's a superfood. That's obviously better for us. Um, my my conversation with people is let's start locally. Like get to know your farmers, see what they're growing what 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 are they producing that you think you would eat start there grow from there and we can have the conversation later about like which diet is best because at the end of the day that doesn't matter if we don't have a planet to eat from <laughs> so um no i i love it what you're both sharing is totally true um for people listening sugar sugar is not the devil calm down uh maybe maybe try more maple syrup it'll be better you'll You'll learn more about it and it tastes better than just all the other stuff out there. Um, yeah, I got, I got some Stevia dessert from someone the other day and I, I really appreciate the love and the sentiment that went into it, but I'm, I'm a maple guy. There's. (laughs) Just think (laughs) how
1: good that would have been with maple syrup in it. I know. I think, I mean, it is interesting though, like our, the, the difference, and this gets to what Kat was talking about a little bit, like, we, we have a this weird relationship with food overall but we also have this in particular weird relationship with sweetness where we we crave sweetness but the sweetness that we crave essentially has no flavor it's just it's just sweet right and so the that's a like when I run into people who don't like maple syrup that's usually the, the issue right it's like oh it's like so strongly flavored <laughs> like what is that what are you talking about like I just don't you know it's like so weird but it's because you know people just want sweet like nothing no complexity to it it's just a simple sweet that we've you know so many people have grown up on um, but that is the beauty of maple syrup you get not just some sweet you get flavor and that terroir that Cat uh, was was mentioning you you get the taste of the land from from where that syrup was made and all kinds of other stuff um you know, built into the process, um, how it's cooked and how it's handled and all all of those things. Um, but that's the thing that's amazing to me about maple syrup. And it's the, the, the thing that is devilish about sugar is how much there is (laughs) and how little we pay attention to it. Right. And, and, uh, by paying attention to sweetness and, and seeking flavor, uh, you can shift that that relationship right it's not just you're craving sweet you you want something that that tastes really good and has some c- complexity to it and then you don't need as much of it you know et cetera. Mm-hmm. Et cetera.
2: there is well, i'm just well gonna said. say oh sorry i'm interrupting now no you're <laughs> well i was gonna say i do actually think that there is you know for all the reasons not to have tons of white refined sugar and to choose things in their more natural form I think that there is a breaks like a biological breaks that is more likely to kick in Um, and my you know my anecdotal evidence which is not that high um, but with both maple syrup and honey like my kids will stop like they self-regulate one of the most amazing things and this is now me talking about honey but the first year we took honey from bees we pulled out a frame and we gave my kids spoons and we sat down at a picnic table, which seems like the most dangerous thing to do with small children. Um, and they got to uncap the honey. And if you haven't had raw honey with, um, wax, you know, it's like the best chewing gum on earth. And I expected to have to cut them off and they each ate like three or four tablespoons. And then they were done. They were like, okay, I'm going to go in the house and get some water. And it was like a totally different response than they have to to candy like candy is and part of it probably is the cultural differences like the way in which you experience it is part of its cultural like there's always this kind of off limits thing with candy that's kind of like oh you can only get a certain amount of candy so you have to like shove it in your face it's kind of the way I think adults who you know have to say like oh I'm being so bad before they eat chocolate cake it's like a similar you know cultural phenomenon but just having honey or like you know 10 gallons of maple syrup, um, in front of you, you don't eat it in the same way because of the cultural context. But I do think there's probably something also to the flavor that you, there is a lot of flavor to it. And so it gets a little intense after you've had a lot of it versus, you know, just, you know, mint candy or whatever. I clearly don't eat candy because I'm using the example of mint candy Um, (laughs) candy. I'm like I eat it like grandma candy. I'm like black licorice, like yeah. the things that nobody else likes. Um, but Anise I do and think clover
1: that... <laughs> or clove. <laughs> yeah.
2: I like the worst. Um, but I do think that there is something both culturally and biologically to, you know, interacting with sugar in a way that's different. It's not just this like, you know, off limits, I don't know, binge special thing. It's special in a different way. Um, and that's something, you know, t- that everyone should celebrate when you think about even sourcing maple syrup from different people, tasting those differences, because it, it does taste different. I guarantee that Jeremy's syrup and my syrup, even though they're produced not that far away from each other, taste different. Um, and, you know, even maple syrup, obviously, from like Quebec and Vermont tastes significantly different.
0: Without a doubt, the, the, the what you're just touching on is a big part of Like what we talk about with nutrition, um, diet and everything with a lot of people is satiety. Like we're, we're guilted and like freaked out about food and what's available, what's out there. And then so much of quote unquote food, industrial food is designed to get you to eat more of it. Right. Like that's the whole point of it. Uh, Whereas something like honey, maple syrup. Yeah. You tell people like you only get to sweeten things with those things they use way less of it because there is there's more nuance there's more depth to the flavor it it hits on like different aspects of people's psyche Um, and then once again like you said once you tell a person they can have something without guilt without shame without you know belittling them because they're eating it or making it like taboo like all of this weird energy around it gets removed so it's yeah no you nailed it cat totally agree with you
1: yeah this uh there's a whole nother aspect of this that's super fascinating to me too um and so uh, i'll uh, preface it with you know like the the number one complaint uh i hear about maple syrup is that it's expensive right um you know it's it's more expensive than you know the crap you Bums buy in the, yeah right <laughs> um but th- but that's another symptom of our food system right so you know, just what we were talking about. If you, if you use maple syrup in a way that it should be used compared to the amount of sugar that you, you know, people typically use it's, it's actually cheaper, (laughs) probably Mm -hmm. directly cheaper to use the maple syrup, but then you combine all of the health aspects and, you know, the, like you were talking about the the desire just to use more and more and more and um, on the industrial side of things, the, the, there's a whole different calculation of what the costs are right um and you know value to the farmer and all all of those things and um i just think it just gets super fascinating once you stop to begin to think about like what does something cost and what's its value and you know what are the impacts of that uh on yourself and the whole rest of the system that you're you're operating in i like definitely
2: I uh, do tell my kids that, like, they are going to have to continue to make maple syrup, though, because they cannot afford their habit. I'm like, if you <laughs> had to buy the maple syrup and honey, <laughs> yeah. the way you use it, you're, like, making this vat of, like, some, like, you know, that's what they use as sweetener. And I'm like, I mean, it's great, <laughs> but you can't use it like that if you're, like, testing out a weird compaction <laughs> recipe. <laughs> like, oh, no. You just, <laughs> you just described
0: my instant pot. That's like how I cook with my, if I'm, if, if I'm questioning my recipe, I'm like, eh, maple syrup, that'll, that'll fix, that'll fix anything. That'll I, screwed fix it. Up. Yeah. I mean, it ah. kind
2: of does. If you look at every recipe, it always like every, I am, I don't use recipes again. Like I'm the worst. Yeah. I cannot follow a recipe for more than like the first two things. And then I'm like, ah, I got inspired I'll just let it go. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I'm like using totally different spices and making a totally different thing immediately. But, um, I do have to say, if you look at regular recipes and books, they often have sugar or honey. Like, you know, every dressing on earth has sugar or honey. You might as well make it maple syrup. It makes it better, you know, like use the maple syrup in, in your chili instead of sugar for goodness sake. I <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: saw so somebody, somebody was uh, bottling like a maple vinaigrette. It was like a fermented maple like the last residual bits of uh the boiling process they made into a vinaigrette nice and i instantly wanted all of it (laughs) um
1: so abby abby thinks uh abby who's my wife and co-owner tapped she thinks that's our first uh non like maple syrup product you know maple based product but do it yeah i like it, I ginger, like it. Maple it's pretty good.
2: ginger vinegar uh, yeah
1: that would be that'd be perfect
0: <laughs> put that on everything shots of it yeah so we that's we we're at a good transition uh the you were talking about kind of you know how how farmers uh, landowners are compensated for the work for the time and then also let's so i'm going to use that to kind of Transition into the the economics of it. We we talked earlier about Wendell Berry saying if you if you can't find a way for your your land, we're paraphrasing again, to to have value, uh, someone else will. And their their uh their ideas might not align with yours. I, I always think of a interview with Gary Gary V. I don't know if both of you are familiar with him. Uh, Gary Vanderchuck Vanderchuk is Lent name. He's he's big in like the whole rise and grind kind of, uh, culture, um, very he's done well with the online sales type thing, but he's got a, a video where he talks about, well, oh, when I see a undeveloped chunk of property, all I want to do is put up a mall and a parking lot. And I get so disgusted, like with that thought, like I remember listening to that podcast or whatever it was on and I instantly like screamed <laughs> and uh, have made it a mission ever since to like fight that because i think that is how a lot of people think they you know right away well it's not developed we should we should put something there because it's something's better than what's there because that doesn't have value um yeah, yeah just but, how
2: we
1: just how we talk about it is amazing right undeveloped yep. land yeah. it's Un- the yeah, most exactly most exactly. diverse and productive land we have probably <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly so the value of it, I guess let's, let's talk about that as it could be like what it, what it provides obviously to each of your businesses, but to the land, what else, I guess, is it adding to the land or the value of the land? That makes
2: sense. Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I will say, you know, in terms of it's funny, cause I was doing, I'm doing all this nerdy, like business, big shocker business planning stuff right now. Um, And I'm doing this farm finance boot camp. These are like what catbacker does in the winter. And, um, and I was like looking at the return on investment, they have all these like different ways of looking at your business. And I was like, well, this picture, you know, it's it shows 50 acres. So like my return per acre is like, really bad. If you look at it that way, but like, I'm really farming five acres and then like the maple syrup woods, like maybe like another five to seven for like six weeks. So like, if you just look at the land that I'm actually actively farming, like my return on investment is (laughs) incredible. I mean, like, and I think, I mean, that's a really interesting way of thinking about land. Like one of the things I value so much about my farm and Jeremy was just kind of getting at this with his comments, but like is that I'm able to make a living, maple syrup and the woods are part of it. Um, And certainly we have not pushed them, we don't push them. Um, But it also allows us to care for other parts of the land in really intense ways as well. Like, you know, if my vegetables, I wasn't managing them really um, intensively and productively and paying attention to the soil, you know, that I do have an annual production, I couldn't have like three acres in beneficial insect habitat that I'm managing or I couldn't be managing sections of the woods that were clear cut not that long ago, you know, as we think about having more diverse species and cutting stuff out of them. And so, you know, as a farm, a lot of the ways that we get economic value out of of parts of that system fit together with the management of the whole system. Um, And I think it is important, you know, to be able to meet basic financial goals, to be able to manage you know we have a lot of water on our farm so we have a pond and we have a freshwater like trout stream that runs through the farm and we're able to manage those resources really well because of the fact that we have so much woods and that we can derive some of the value from those woods I mean I think Jeremy probably has a better sense of this than I do but a lot of the way that people manage their woods is through pretty heavy cutting systems because that's the only way that they're able to pay their property taxes in rural areas and feel like they have enough income to do that. And maple syrup is another way. I mean, being able to derive multiple products, you know, we have some mushrooms in our woods as well, but being able to manage the woods as a system is another way. And I think that that is important for thinking about you know, setting up more sustainable woodland systems that aren't just dependent on cutting contracts, which is you know, pretty much the dominant system, at least around here other
1: than maple syrup yeah that's all spot on <laughs> <laughs> um i don't i yeah i mean i as i look at it i mean i'm a i'm a woods person like i that's where i you know love to be and feel comfortable uh put me in a field and i'm a, a little bit out of place but um so you know i i have a pretty skewed perspective of of things but if you look at um you know the the healthiest soil the best water retention the most diverse places in this part of the world are in forests right um and so the the more forest that we can uh, maintain the better and of course we need land like cat is talking about as well that is managed really well for for other food production uh it's not to say we should you know just have all forest um, but when we can create those spaces and integrate those systems, like Kat was talking about, to have um, forests as part of those pr- productive systems, we get all those benefits, right? And so what you trade off a little bit in a uh, highly productive ag field, you gain uh, in the forest from carbon sequestration, additional key carbon sequestration, water retention, all those kind of things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, this t- for me this ties into this the bigger picture of maple syrup. Like Kat said, like the, we have um, this kind of incredible potential for maple syrup production in the what I would call you know the sugar maple nation <laughs> region uh, of the of the Upper Great Lakes, um, and Vermont is the largest. Uh, maple syrup producer in the country uh, but they we have more maple trees than they do actually Um, and this region is the the highest density sugar maple uh in the world uh extends into the the northeast and um you know canada has has a ton of it in in uh quebec but we're we're right in the heart of it and we have such amazing potential from an economic standpoint in a way that allows us to to really develop sustainably, like we can continue to care for those forests, generate some economic revenue, you know, maybe shut down some sugar sugar uh, cane fields down in the south where there should be swamp, and uh, you know, some some other big big goals like that. But um, but yeah, I, th- I mean, it, regardless, I think it needs to be uh, thought of more. Um, kind of consistently from an agricultural standpoint of how can we generate some revenue off of this and integrate it with the rest of our farm systems uh, like cat does. So um, yeah, lots of potential there.
0: Like it. All right. Let's, we're going to wrap this up for everyone and be respectful of both of your time. Thank you again for coming on. But uh, the question I posed way at the start before we started recording. So What's, what's new and exciting this year for your businesses, for Maple Syrup? Let's, we'll do a little, little plug for each of your uh, businesses, for everyone listening, that can go and uh, support you.
2: Okay, I'm just going in turn. I think that's our, our uh, rhythm here so far. Um, in terms of Maple Syrup, you know, I kind of mentioned we're expanding a little bit, but I think our big I know big expansion is not even a real thing but as we move forward and developing that part of the farm you know we have a, we have a bunch happening in the next few years but we did certify our maple syrup organic this past year which we didn't get into but I can answer lots of questions if anyone wants to email me um and then on the rest of the farm level I mean there's a lot of super amazing interesting stuff happening in the food system um, Uh, yeah, part of it related to COVID. So, you know, the things I'm most excited about are actually working with some deliveries of food boxes, kind of like CSAs to food banks in the area and developing that. We did a pilot program of that this past year, Marathon County. You can all follow me on like Instagram and Facebook, and then you'll be able to donate money when we start you know, directing money to those programs specifically. We're also looking to do more of that in the Stevens Point area over the next couple of years. So that's what I'm most excited about. Clearly, that's not like the way for everyone to access my food, but that's like what I've been waiting for is a food systems level change for like my whole life. So um, that's really exciting to me, the idea that the people that need food the most um, and get the best food, that's like as a society where I feel like we need to be. Um, And then in terms of like farm business food stuff, you know, we're working on, we always have our stuff at the Stevens Point Co-op and Downtown Grocery, and we'll be at the Wassa Farmer's Market. And if anyone in the Point area wants our food, you can um, order weekly for either bike delivery from Curbwise um, or pick up at Farm Shed May through November. So we've expanded our online store um, and we'll be doing... More promotion of that as I roll out my new and improved website. So that's kind of farm business stuff and maple syrup is in there. Um, but yeah, those are the things I'm most excited about for this year. And the idea that we I might be able to eat in a restaurant um, by like the fall, I'm also personally excited about. <laughs> I haven't done anything. I live with my like almost 80 year old mother. So that really put a kibosh on social activities for the last 12 months. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to and what's cool and new around here.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say two things in, in response to Kat, um, one for anybody who's like wondering where the edge of the food system work is, you definitely need to be following Kat. I mean, there's so many amazing things, uh, happening that she's leading, And then the second one is I just wish I had cat's energy. Like (laughs) I just, I still don't, I still know how you do it. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, But uh, yeah, so I, I try my best. I just, uh, yeah, I can't keep up. Um, So with tapped, uh, I don't know what's new. Um, Lots of, lots of cool stuff. We're actually um, coming out. We, I don't know that we're going to release a new syrup this year, which is kind of interesting. We've generally done that uh, every year, um, but we're sitting pretty well right now. I, there are a couple in development, one that that I'm really excited about, but I think the timing is going to be off a little bit. Um, we, I'm <laughs> really interested in um, connecting beer and maple syrup uh, in a in a much better way. And so... On the home brewer side, one of the things, there's a, there's a syrup that actually comes out of Germany um, for uh, use in wheat beers. Um, the, and it's, uh, it's a Woodruff syrup. It turns out Woodruff has coumarin uh, in it and it's not a legal food product in the, in <laughs> the United States. Um, but so I'm trying to figure out a replacement for that, but it's a syrup that gets added to, to wheat beers, particularly in the spring. Um, and I'm playing around with some, some flavors in there that, um, are in the kind of flowery, uh, side of things, um, like Mexican marigolds and some other things. So that that's down the line a little bit, um, but fun to play with the other one. That's, that's been really fun is we have a new partnership with district one brewing, uh, in Stevens point. And they, uh, I think I can say this, I don't think I'm too far out ahead, um, they they have a French toast uh, beer uh, that they've been brewing kind of in in house, um, but that's getting ready to be released in uh, cans, and um, that has our cinnamon infused maple syrup in it. So it's just like this amazing uh, pairing. So French toast stout. Um, so you, you imagine drinking uh, you know French toast and
0: that sounds good. Yeah,
1: it's gonna it's good it's, it's amazing. So we're we're super excited sounds about that. Sounds great yeah um so we just you know continue to look for collaborations like that um and and continue to build new products around you know other people's interest and creativity uh and energy is that's that's what i rely on people for (laughs) coming up with good ideas that that we can uh implement and and uh building off their energy so um and we've been you know we're fortunate to be surrounded by lots of amazing folks. Um, so yeah, we're you know looking forward to another another amazing year. Um, we're going to do some um, different things with how we kind of package tapped and connect it with other products from the the Great Lakes region, which we're pretty excited about um, introducing our the tapped community to other uh, small food businesses in the in the region. Um, and, and doing some stuff like that. But so uh, there's always, a, there are always a lot going on, never enough time uh, to, to get everything done. Um, but yeah, we're, we're excited to, to launch into this, uh, this new year for sure. And I agree, Bill, you know, back to the beginning, we like, this is the start of 2021 right now. Like this is we' we made it to the new year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you both for coming on, sharing your time with everyone, uh, and everyone listening. Go buy maple syrup and other fine products from these two uh, businesses. So <laughs> support local and get outside for sure.
2: You should all buy the ginger. Yep.
1: Oh. Oh, we lost cat a little bit. Cat, no, yeah. Our the, our uh...
2: maple syrup because it's like both of our products you know Germany gets ginger from me so you can hit two birds with one stone
1: that's right it's amazing (laughs) that we can uh grow ginger in Wisconsin that was like one of our super super exciting uh partnerships for sure
0: Mm -hmm. Tap ginger maple syrup get on it that's right